What are they saying? Come closer and listen. You may be surprised by what you hear. Welcome to Shadow Talkers, the Darker Project's talk show with news, information, and banter from the people of Darker Projects. Hi, I'm MJ Cogburn, and you are listening to another episode of Shadow Talkers. We are missing uh, our co-host this evening. He had some issues, and he could not show up for the podcast, but that is okay, because at Darker Projects, family comes first, and that's fine. Within the last couple of days, the council and the board got together and had a meeting. Not everyone could be there, and no, I can't divulge all the Darker Project secrets from our meeting, but I can tell you that there are going to be some very interesting things coming down the pike, so don't be surprised when you start hearing some of the interesting things that are coming up. Mark Brzee is already gung-ho about getting stuff done, and we are we are always willing to give 100% if it is uh, humanly possible to do so. And if not, then, you know, we get out the whips and chains and chain you to your desk, and then, yeah, you tend to get stuff done. Just like we did to Rich. So, yeah. In the last episode of Shadow Talkers, we told everybody that we would kind of surprise you. So, uh, we have held up to that promise. So, we're going to go ahead and cue the music and let you hear who we have to interview with. Um, so, enjoy. Interrogations for your amusement. These are dispatches from the Undercroft. Hey everybody, this is uh, our favorite part of the show. This is the interview that we have with our new executive producer, Mark Brzee. Hi everybody. And uh, we had just a few questions for you. We just wanted, because we know you're so very busy. You know. Well, then let me let me use my psychic powers and give you the answers before you ask. A, Franklin County, a banana, and thirteen. Okay, that answers everything. Yeah, but you know we still have a few questions other than those particular oh, we've still got, ones. We, we have. We, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I did buy my psychic powers used, so. That's probably why. Yeah. It may have holes in it someplace. Just a little. Okay. How do you feel about being Darker Project's new executive producer? Well, there's two ways of looking at it. I have the power! Or... Oh, He-Man! Oh my god. (laughs) I'm the one that's responsible now. Um, actually, I'm very... I'm very honored in one aspect. Um, I've worked with so many of the people on the council and the membership of our company for so long. And to have been given that kind of a vote of confidence is, well, it's huge. 
It really is, uh, especially when you're when you're talking about people that you really respect and that you really enjoy working with, and they're sitting there going, um, "You can control my destiny right now." Wow. Okay. Well, let's just. Well, that's because that's because we love you, and we respect you, and if we didn't, you know, we can always come back and hurt you really, really bad. Because you gave me permission, remember? Oh, yeah. Never, ever give a woman permission. Trust <laughs> me, guys. <laughs> no, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, a little, it's a little bit spooky, but it's also really cool because I think that maybe, maybe we might be able to get something really exciting going with a slightly different... Um, perspective. If we look at okay, it, so go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, you said that, and it inspired me to go. Oh, look! What are we going to be doing under his tutelage? You know, because I know you've had what thirty years in the business or so, right? Well, if, if we round generously, I was a stage actor for 37 years, and I've been professional voice actor now for 11. So we don't add them together. More than 30. Yeah, well, they're, they're concurrent, so. Um, but I do come to the table with a slightly different approach because... I ran a live theater company. Uh, we did six shows a year. And boy, howdy, is it such a relief to not have to spend six weeks memorizing lines. That can really get tedious. But I also, I mean, we took shows that you wouldn't think would sell. Um, like, we're going to do a humanist approach to Frankenstein and it worked we sold out the house every night for two solid weeks and I'm sitting wow. here I'm going wow cool and all we did was we changed that's amazing well we changed the whole approach uh, Frankenstein wasn't a monster the creature wasn't he was actually a victim and he portrayed himself that way and we got amazing write-ups in the local papers um we have a company well not a company it's an organization here in the east coast called um yeah tennis the theater association of new york state and what they do is they go around with professional senior seasoned directors and producers and they will watch your show and they adjudicate it, and they will give you awards based on quality of acting, quality of ensemble, quality of set, lighting, interpretation of script. It's really it's a great educational program, and we had all of our shows adjudicated by them, and we won many awards. We won many awards, including Shakespeare. Me like Shakespeare. Wow, and now I understand why you want to do something along with the Shakespearean theme then. I want to see... Oh, wait. Was I not supposed to say that? No, it's okay. I want to see Darker Projects expand a little bit. I love 
the direction that we've always gone, taking dark approaches to stories. I like the fact that we usually try to put a twist in it someplace that make people say, ooh, what did they just do? But there's a lot more than just uh, the genre that we've stuck with. Um, One of the things that we talked about in council meeting is it would be so wonderful if we could come up with an original concept sitcom based in our darker realm. Like, maybe take a, a horrible monster like the creature from the Black Lagoon, and in this realm, he's a stand-up comedian. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just I'm spitballing here. <laughs> Actually, I'm staring at the headlights of a car hitting me at sixty miles an hour. Ah! Uh, no, no. <laughs> Can't do that. Oh. Okay, so. Why? Um, oh, that's right. We don't have insurance, do we? Darn. No, we don't. Darn. No, no insurance. Oh, that's why we can't do the well, beer already... thing either. Excuse me. That's why we no can't... beer. We can't do the beer thing either. We're not insured. We're not insured. Okay. I understand yeah. now. Nobody told me this at first. God. <sighs> it's not fair. <laughs> it really isn't fair. It is. It's the beer. 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 <laughs> lots and lots of beer. And donuts. Beer and donuts. Now that went a different route. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, I just had this little momentary out-of-body thing. I don't know whose body I was in, but I wasn't here. Sounded like Homer. Uh, yeah. Could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've kind of ex- told us a little bit already about how you want to expand Darker Projects and how you want to run it. Do you want to, you said it in a letter out to everybody. Do you want to say anything else in that regards? Please? Well, whenever somebody new comes in, a lot of people sit there. Especially in regards to how... Um, Yes. How, yes? Go ahead. Sorry. Yes, go ahead. Wow. Because that's where I was wanting you to go. Oh, okay. When there's a change in, in any organization, everybody, the first thing people do is they sit there and they're like, oh, my God, um, <laughs> what kind of changes is this going to mean? And overall, I really don't want to see a lot of changes. I think what we have always done and what we have working for us is what makes darker projects work so well we are a very tight-knit close group of friends who just happen to be very professionally minded performers and i think if there's any mindset that i really 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 want our membership and our listeners to take away from any darker projects production is we are performers, we are storytellers, we are bards, and we do it not because we make great big sums of money. I think I, what did they say my raise was, 12 cents an hour, (laughs) I I think. Uh, Anyway, 
Um, yeah. Yeah, it was twelve cents an hour and no insurance. Maybe I signed a little too quickly. Anyway, um, but I really would like to see. I'd like to see us staying within the same genre of horror, science fiction, suspense to expand into something maybe more adventurous, maybe something classic, maybe do the occasional special, like I mentioned earlier, maybe a sitcom. But the most important thing is that people who do the shows have a great time. And I know that's one thing that Eric always worked towards. And now with me stepping in, I've got a slightly different approach than Eric. So maybe I can help make things be even more fun. And yet using my 135,000 years of background, um, maybe I can bring a structure that we might not have had before. Or a different approach to structure. Yeah, because it's it's because you used to be a teacher. I know that too. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that is as much of a benefit as it might seem on the surface. But at the same time, like you, I do have an appreciation of making sure that points are well understood that they're well explained or that people get the information that they need to make good decisions. So maybe that will be helpful. Um, I hope so. I certainly don't want to be a stumbling block. Now I have, uh, you mentioned something else in the letter about how people should not feel bad about rejecting a role. Yeah. I've, talk to a lot of people through the years and a lot of people seem to think that if they're offered a role they have to take it or they'll sit there and they'll be like oh I've got the role oh wait I'm playing a cross-dressing ex-murderer I can't possibly do that what will people think of me well one they're going to think Wow, you really played a weird, unique character. Two, dude, that had nothing to do with you. Um, I, I mean, when I was, I remember in one of the novels that I did, I got to play a dragon. I got to play this incredible elder dragon, and of course. He was very deliberative about everything. He wasn't too fond of humans. They were meat, of course. And you know, people said, "Well, that's that's so cool. What's your next role?" I'm playing a rock dwarf. <laughs> and they're like. How do, you, how do you do that? Well, that's what being an actor is. It's being able to pretend you're something that you're not. I mean, um, 
you don't think that the star of Will and Grace was sleeping with his co-star, do you? The No, one is gay, one is straight. But he played a gay guy, and for seven years he had people believing him. So you don't have to be gay to play gay. You don't have to be uh, cross-dressing. You don't have to be a cross-dressing axe murderer to play a cross-dressing axe murderer. Though that one might help a little bit. Um, it's it's all pretend. And I've had people say, yeah, but, you know, I, I read this in the dialogue and I, 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 I can't say that. I would never say that. You're not the one that's saying it. Your character is saying it. Oh. I hadn't seen the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think part of what my job is going to be is maybe some advanced acting skills. Not in that the people don't know how to act. They don't know the the techniques. But maybe helping them find new ways of being what I call fearless. Um, perfect example, Johnny Depp. There is an actor who is fearless. He will take on any role that challenges him. Barnabas Collins. Yep. Cap- Captain Jack. Edward Scissorhands. Pretty Boy from uh, 21 Jump Street. Uh, it didn't matter. What's eating Gilbert as... Grape? Yeah. It didn't mm-hmm. matter. Any role that gave him a chance to learn something new, to be challenged, to become a more uh, broad-based person or broad-based actor, he jumps at. And that's something that is some to be very much admired. Okay, so you don't mind if people say that, though, right? That they say, well, uh, even though you've talked to me about this role and we've even done maybe a line read on Skype or... Just, I still can't do it. I can't do it. And then my answer is, you know, that's fine. It's you. You have to do what you believe is right. As long as you're not hurting anybody, you've got to go with it. Yeah, because we're not asking you to be a next cross-dressing ex-murderer. No, exactly. I mean, maybe we'll take a photograph of you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But it, I promise it won't be used. Post it on it Facebook. won't. It, 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 yeah, it will not be used for blackmail. I promise. That's too easy. <laughs> um, no. Um, and that's another thing. I want to start. Really, once we get into a cycle of getting more and more shows back out, I want to get into a habit of really publicizing the releases. You know, using social media to blitz the internet with Darker Projects Presents. Bingo. We've got something new. Um, One thing that the listeners can look forward to uh, is we are going to start trying to do special one-off programs. Um, Like maybe a tribute to Rod Serling sometime, maybe. Or a tribute to Outer Limits, uh, which actually we are in the process of doing. Yep. Um, that it, I'm really excited about that script. And no, we're not going to talk about it. Uh, it, it. Just trust me, it's really, really, it's really, really good. And Rich 
It is. Rich would really come through the door. Uh, yeah. Or through the microphone yeah. and kill us both. Yeah. Yes. No, no. I am not going to. I don't do spoilers, but I promise you it is a really cool story. Um, uh, Maybe we'll do uh, a new Christmas episode of one of the series. Um, heck, maybe we'll feature one of our past Christmas episodes that were really was really well received like uh the byron christmas episode where he had to yeah that was a really cool story i liked that a lot okay as long as you didn't say forever Mm -mm. december i'm good i'm shutting my mouth when i you cannot do that one Mm -mm, no no you can't do that one actually i'm tired of being make made cry by you. actually i'm seriously playing with the idea of doing a sequel to it. Oh, God. No, I promise you, it will be as positive as Forever December turned out. Um, because remember, Tyler has a new dad. But he's also got a guardian. I know, but it made me cry the first time. That means it's going to make me but cry But he's also again. got a guardian. Damn you. Lex is on his shoulder. And yes. that's kind of cool. And what kind of, what kind that of mischief, kind of cool. knowing Lex's personality, what kind of mischief could he and Tyler get into that would just make Raleigh want to pull his hair out? <laughs> that could be fun. Well, I know that was like one of your favorite episodes that we did, right? It was. Uh, as a director, it's probably... It's tied with um, Paul Mannering's play, The Man on the Answering Machine. As far as directing a play, those two... Amazingly, they're both written Mm -hmm. by Paul Mannering. Hmm. Um, The man's a brilliant writer. There was just something about both of them, and I was just the lucky guy that was in place, and I got to direct them, and... They really came out wow. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Mediocre doesn't make me cry. I'm sorry. Generation one. You've been I know you've been writing on it. Mm-hmm. What kind of help do you need for generation one in particular? Everything. Um actually I've written a show Bible, which is pretty detailed. And I would love to have people, um, not only people that have already proven themselves as writers, but people who think they have the writing bug. I'd love to have them, you know, contact me and get a copy of the show Bible and see what you can do. Uh, I never knew I could write science fiction and horror until I sat down and I did it. And lo and behold, I seem to be kind of good at it so if you don't think you're good don't i'm gonna be like billy fusillo don't prejudge you may actually be a much better writer than you think of course on the same token you could also be a heck of a lot worse than you think i promise i'll be gentle either way but i do need i i would like to get some people involved in the writing process um I probably will not even start casting 
until I've got all the episodes written, which is four hours worth of episodes. Um, the first episode and the, th- the season finale will both be one hour long, and the four intervening episodes will be 30 minutes long. Right. Uh, mostly so that we keep the story moving fast. Because there's an awful lot of story to tell at the beginning, and then there's an awful lot of story to set up at the end to hopefully get a second season out of it. So, and then there's a whole lot of the inner, um, the inner workings stuff that happens in episodes two through five. I know that you've been writing the episodes, like you said. But you're not reading ahead. You're writing them as you're reading them, correct? No. Generation... That, oh. That was when I thought I was, that's what you were doing. No. Um, you see, Generation 1 is a completely new series. Um, when we tried it before, I got through two episodes, and I had told way too much story too quickly, and I kind of wrote myself into a corner... And then I had a couple of really major actors in the show quit for whatever reason, you know, and it kind of paralyzed me on the story. So about a year ago, I got the writing bug again, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to write Generation 1, the novel. Well, I'm working on that, and at the same time, I'm writing episode two script so I guess in a way you could say yeah I'm kind of writing the script as as I read it sort of it's more like the script is evolving as a young adult's adventure based on a novel that's written for young adults but is um a little bit darker than the series will be. Okay. Uh, we get we get into a lot more detail in the book about the bad guys and the good guys than we can actually afford to do in the series without making people go. Oh, ever could get to the point? Um. So we kind of. I think what I was doing was getting. I think I got two stories kind of mingled together. Yeah. That, I think you that had was, been telling me about Falcon Banner. Yeah. That one. At some point. That was really, that was fun. Writing the scripts for Falcon Banner. I'd never read the book. I only knew the the briefest of ideas about the whole book. And then Chris asked me if I would write the scripts. And I was like, sure, you know, I'd love to. And so what I would do is I broke it up into three chapter um, sections. And I would take the next Mm -hmm. three chapters. As I was reading, I was actually writing the script on an old DOS-based laptop in my kitchen. I'd be sitting there with my printout of the story, and I'd be like, oh, holy cow. And hopefully my holy cows got transmitted to the audience. I tried not to read ahead, so that I didn't give away anything by mistake. And when these holy cow moments happened, like for you, when Elias is apparently blown up on board um, the old Imperial ship, and you called me up going, 
You can't do that to Elias. I, when I read that, I st- okay, I got I started leafing ahead and leafing ahead, and I'm like, I've got enough material here. This is going to be a three part episode, and Chris was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" I still couldn't believe it. I it just oh. Well, that, no. that's what happens when you have a great writer like Chris Lydon. Uh, Toffer Lydon is probably one of the best contemporary writers right now that is underappreciated. Um, you know, yes, he's published and he's got several series out, but there are a lot of people that if you mention Christopher Lydon as an author, they're going to sit there and go, huh? Who? But if you mention somebody like Anthony Horowitz or DJ McHale, you know, they're going to say, oh, Anthony Horowitz, crime traveler, or DJ McHale, are you afraid of the dark on Nickelodeon? I I loved that show as a kid. You know, and they're brilliant writers. Please don't ever, you know, they're mm-hmm. amazing writers. But so is Topher Lydon. And, you know, he's also a teacher. Um, you know, he comes from a military background. So he brings all of these wonderful elements that are part of his life into his writing. And so when he would hit the page with one of those oh my god, moments. I was right there with it, and all I was doing was basically translating it from as he turned and stepped onto the bridge, Darian thought to himself, and I just had Darian walk up on the bridge and go, wow, this thing's big, isn't it? Instead of being, you know, three paragraphs of that, you know, it came out Wow, this is a big bridge. The one scene that really bothered me is when Darian and Elias are on their date and they started to actually really communicate. And they're just about to say that wonderful phrase that we all look for and klaxons are going off overhead. And I remember sitting at the computer going, no, not now. Let them have their date. <laughs> and that's where the line, why does this always happen when I'm on vacation? Yeah. You know, and that's where it came from. It seems to always happen when mm-hmm. you're on vacation. It's very, very yeah. sad. Frustrating, frustrating, too. frustrating. Sucking on ice cubes. Very frustrating for the, for the listener, too. Because, you know, they have their moment that you almost get to that point and you're just right on the edge of your seat and then, then it's like, uh, it, damn. Is Edward going to kiss Why her? Not? Is Edward going to kiss her or is he going to bite her? Or, God forbid, is he going to sparkle? The answers to these <laughs> and other penetrating <laughs> questions will be answered on the next Shadow Talkers. Yes. Yeah. No, they won't. <laughs> no, if, they won't. If somebody, we will not talk about Twilight. If I if hope. anybody ever came to me and said, "I've got this great script about a vampire who really doesn't want to be a vampire. He wants to fall in love with a beautiful girl," and I'm going to sit there and go, "You dusker, you." Nobody, if, uh, yeah. if nobody's figured it out by now, one of my currently favorite TV shows is My Babysitter is a Vampire. It's really cool. 
Oh Lord. Microphone. Please forgive me for what I'm about to do. Don't you dare go to the zombie. <laughs> Don't you dare. I mean, it's bad enough that we've got to... Never mind. So, why don't you like zombies, Mark? Um, I think the best... And there's silence. No, no, no. Actually, I think the best description of why I don't like zombies is to paraphrase Eric. Eric Busby. You know, zombies, man... They have lousy table manners. They smell bad. Their dress sense is horrible. And let's not get into the interpersonal problems. They're always trying to get into your space. That's very true. You know? No, I just... They don't like boundaries. I Yeah, the boundary issues are very common with zombies. Plus the fact that their, their vocabulary is so limited. It's usually... Or... And if, and if we're really, really lucky, they'll say, mm -hmm. You look good to eat, vampire. Why do you sparkle? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my. Am I picking on <laughs> Twilight? Yes, you are. Oh. You are. I'm so sorry. And then we have the virgin werewolf. Yes. <laughs> that poor guy. How, how is it that he might be the daddy if he's still a virgin? <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Is it immaculate? You should have heard about the bird and the bees a long time ago. He's been biting the birds and the bees for all these years, girly. He's, <laughs> he's a werewolf. You know, I mean, he's got the hair, he's got the, he's got the paw, the paws, you know. Oh, I got to tell you a great joke. Okay. Big old, big old black bear comes into a bar. Barman looks at him and says, hey, what do you have, buddy? He says, I'll have a gin. And tonic. And he's like, okay, yeah, but say, why about, why the big paws? And he looked at his hands and he says, uh, I was born that way. That's a bad one, Mark. Yes, That's I, just not right. That is such a bad joke. This is such a bad joke. Excuse me, I'm not right. <laughs> that's what worries me. And that's why you're the executive I'm downright producer. Scary. Yeah, so everybody say goodbye to Mark Brissy and Bye. <laughs> let him know that if you have any questions, you can always email us at dpshadowtalkers at gmail.com. And we will get your questions on the air for Mark and we'll get him to answer them for you. Thanks, MJ. Have a great night, everybody. Bye, Mark. And to keep up with tradition here at Shadow Talkers... I would like to go ahead and continue on with the blooper reel. Here are the bloopers that we had just from this session alone. And um, some are for me because I just can't talk to a microphone by myself. And other times, you know, with Mark Brzee, you never know what's going to come out of the man's mouth. And it's just funny. I don't know why. He's like always on. So enjoy. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. 
Have a wonderful evening. To be or to not be. Welcome to Blooper Bites. <laughs> and we have talked about various things that I still need to do mini. Yeah. Wow. I can't even talk when I'm by myself. Yeah. Isn't that good? Let me try that again. Because that's going in the blooper. Yeah. Is Rich going to be in this episode at all? No, it's just going to be me and then an interview with me and you. Okay. Hey, MJ. Hey, Rich's chair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, Rich, he's, you've lost weight. He's not in his closet. You, you, you look like a, you look like a chair. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. You, you didn't tell me that invisibility potion worked that well. Yeah, it really does. Wow. You said if Ellie could do that whole scene. Oh, I, ju I just, I just got quiet. I stopped because you said, "Okay, here we go." Oh. No. See, I was, I was, I was, I was listening. I was listening to what you said. I was playing off of. <laughs> See how I am. Oh, uh, if you're going to be this serious, I'm really going to have to. Uh, we may have to stop okay. and set it at two hours again. Um. Yep. That's right. Yep. Sheriff Hicks speaking right now. Y'all want? Y'all really, really don't want to get on the wrong side of me, boy. I don't carry a shotgun. I carry a bazooka. Why do I carry a bazooka? Well, the great president himself said, speak softly and carry a kick-ass gun. <laughs> yeah, I think that was more of a big stick comment, but it still works. <laughs> well, I could swing that thing just as bad as you anybody else and... It would definitely stick someplace. Oh, I'm not going to go there. Mm -hmm. No, I don't. I really don't think that is a place for a lady. No, we're not going to go there. Like battles. Now there's some. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That's okay. I don't walk on the tops of my feet. Only the bottoms. Only the bottoms. Yay. Only the bottoms. Like everybody else. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Shadow Talkers. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye. You've been listening to Shadow Talkers, the Darker Projects talk show, with MJ Cogburn and Rich Matheson. Written by MJ Cogburn. Post-production work by Rich Matheson. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Mark Bruzee. This has been a Darker Projects production.